some bumps. Well, maybe maybe a bump and a smidge. Uh, at least four skoshes, perhaps seven squadges. Really? These, squadges? These are absolute technical terms. Well, see, you got he went with squadges because you guys are on the metrics system. It, it's it's a pinch over here on the stand. Yeah. That wants to remind you that the spiky bit on the end of a stegosaurus is called the thagomizer. Neat. Thagomizer? Yes, thagomizer. That's like something they show you on an infomercial to help you get fit. Uh, either that or it's like a kitchen gimmick. Like it's like it's it's like a slap chop that also spins. <laughs> either it's one. It slices. It makes Julian fries. The thagomizer. Yeah. Either one. I'm just hearing. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my name is Scott. I'm Sam. Sam, you're in the same room. <laughs> you're in the same room. And I said I'm Sam and you cut me off, you jerkwad. You know what? No, we're uh, not trying again. Because uh, you cut uh, me off, Jeff. I did that because you off. Yes, you did. So guess what? Now it's, you're Jeff, he's Dan, and then there's Thomas. Hi there. He's I'm Thomas. <laughs> Best <laughs> intro. Ever. We are professionals. We are professionals <laughs> with a sponsorship deal. Uh, you should get a Humble Monthly. It adds more games to your backlog, but just digital so they don't take shelf space. If you sign up this month using the uh, link in the show description, uh, you get Yakuza 0, so you can have Majima everywhere. But Majima is not actually everywhere. We're going to have a discussion about this, about what games actually have Majima everywhere, because you never get this right. Yakuza 0 makes Majima playable, which means Majima is everywhere. Because he's playable. He's everywhere because you're playing him and you go everywhere. I'm going to go take my Majima toy and beat you senseless with it. Sam, just pick up a bike and throw it at him. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But yes, Yakuza 0. <laughs> okay. But obviously you should do that and we should also have a pick of the week where we have a pick for the week what you got dan um i'm gonna go with and i know we have over the years we've really bashed on dc hardcore they do dumb things not undeserved though Mm -hmm. but i saw aquaman uh back around christmas it was actually genuinely fun which is something I have not been able to say about going to a DC movie. That seems to be the consensus. I mean, it's Jason Momoa drenched in water for two hours, and he only gets to be, like, dry for, what, a minute of that? Well, the the thing I like about it is they go on a crazy zany adventure, but then they take these their time to make these characters interesting, and you kind of believe that the world of the seven fish people kingdoms... Or, you know, have to get together to take on humanity and shit. And it was fun and entertaining. And you got a lot of great laughs because James Wan and Jason Momoa are a great pair. And I love the little romance between Nicole Kidman and Tamora Morrison. Well, that d- doesn't that just Django your fat? <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting to say that one, haven't you, Jet? 
and anytime he comes up, I will just say, well, that just Jenga's my fet. <laughs> I, I saw it over the Christmas break, too. I am conflicted. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I realized this was really goofy and stupid. But I still had a lot fun. of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like the it's like the it's like a DC Broly movie. It's so cool. It's it's, so dumb. I think it was good because it was dumb, right? They sort of were trying to do this dark universe thing for too long, and it just didn't really work out. Well, I think fun, enjoyable movie. At a certain point, you have to say, "Yeah, I'm the guy that talks to fish." Let's (laughs) just roll from there. He hangs out in a whale's mouth. There's an octopus playing the drums, and he rides a seahorse into battle. And yet, somehow, when Aquaman steps out of the waterfall and he's wearing the orange and the green tunic and the things, like that is such badass. And you come back later and you go, "How was that badass? That makes no sense." Well, here's the thing: Marvel they weren't afraid to be comic book movies, and that's why they went off so well. DC, because it was Warner Brothers, was scared to make comic book movies. So that's why they tried to make movie movies, and that's why they couldn't take the, they took themselves way too seriously. And then you go to Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and they're like, "No, fuck that! Here's a woman who can fly, deflect bullets with her bracelets, and here's a guy who can talk to fish wearing, wearing bright orange scale mail and doesn't give a fuck." I have an important question to ask about Aquaman. Does he say the most important words in the whole movie? Outrageous. No, you're pronouncing that wrong. It's, it's outrageous. outrageous. <laughs> I actually don't I, believe so. No. 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 Got, no, no, no. Here's the thing, though. Jake, Jason Momoa does his own interpretation with Arthur, and it's still just as enjoyable. I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know. Give me Bender and nothing. No, 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 no. Before you leave, Sam, I'm throwing it to you. Oh, that's easy. Oh, Jeff, did you want to say something to interrupt me again? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, my pick of the week will be short and sweet. Uh, Scott and I recently watched on Netflix High Score Girl. It's an anime about a boy and a girl who love uh, arcades, particularly Street Fighter. He wants to be the greatest Street Fighter player ever. He is beaten by her, a Zangief player. And then just adorableness ensues and you get this great history of fighting games as well as the legacy of Street Fighter in the 90s, and it's just, it's all around a fantastic show, and apparently there's more coming in the summer. Just so just three more happy. episodes, though. I don't care, my heart's happy. Okay. I mean, the, the main character is obsessed with the turbo graphics, and I just laugh at him, it's like, you're, you're clearly the loser kid who couldn't afford a better console, but he'd always like to remind everybody that his games were always cheaper, and it's just, as someone who had a turbo graphics made me so happy. No, he doubled down on that. He got the portable. He did. He gets the portable at one point, which is something I don't think we got in North America. No, they did not get that over here. But it just, if you want a really fun anime, like, it is delightful. You can probably watch it in an afternoon. But it just made me grin from ear to ear. Somebody who grew up playing a lot of Capcom games and loved the arcade as a kid. So, that's my pick. I I have one quick question. Yes. Does she crush man's head between thighs like Sparrowig? Uh, yes, <laughs> she does. Okay, okay, I'm going to spoil a minute of the first episode. So when he's fighting, so when they're they're fighting for the first time, so he's a Guile player, she's a Zangief player. He has to use a turtling strategy to beat her because he actually couldn't beat her on skill. Also, this is a comedy anime where, yeah, so obviously the female lead 
is allowed to beat the male lead half to death over pretty much any minor inconvenience. Mm-hmm. So she does beat the hell out of him. Nice. Yeah. Then it, like, and what's great about it is it does actually gradually like show their skill level kind of being even. So it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Like it's not just her beating on him the whole time because that would be no fun to actually watch. Although, God, when they brought up Virtua Fighter, I wanted to gag <laughs> so much. I hate Virtua Fighter. Uh, go. I'm going to toss it to our special friend, Thomas. Hello there. That's me. <laughs> uh, so, if we're talking about movies specifically, uh, I, I saw one more recently. You may have already talked about it. But Enter the Spider-Verse is like actually probably the best Spider-Man movie to come out in forever. It's the best Marvel movie to come out. Yeah, that's actually a pretty accurate statement. Um, I went in with low expectations just because uh, Sony. Yeah, Sony. And I've been there before, you know, been hurt by the the big old S brand. And uh, I gotta say, it was was enjoyable and and I wasn't expecting it. Uh, or like uh, breaking the fourth wall and like talking to the audience and, and referential human there was. Uh, they make fun of the third Spider-Man film in, within like ten minutes or something. Like oh yeah, like Chris Pine is like, we don't talk about the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so that's probably my my pick. Uh, definitely worth seeing. I saw it with my family, which again didn't think I would enjoy it with, uh, but they all loved it. They don't, they're not nerds. They don't like watch that sort of comic book movie, but they could still enjoy it because it was just a good movie, you know. Well, that this movie is also not afraid to present. Some of the more ludicrous elements of Spider-Man, like Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. <laughs> Who surprisingly played a crucial role and wasn't just a one-time joke. So that was pretty great. Oh, yeah. I I, I really hope this whole thing keeps spinning out because they're already talking about doing Spider-Women, which, um, spoilers for that book, Spider-Ham is like a recurring hallucination for Gwen and he gives her advice. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 was a thing for a bit there, where Peter Porker was the emotional center of Spider Gwen's books. Uh, I I really enjoyed Spider Verse, but two things put it over the top as the greatest Spider Man movie. It was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it the greatest Spider Man movie until two things happen. One, Nick Cage was Spider Man Noir. I was like, yeah. okay, shut up. I need to see this Spider Man Noir movie with Nick Cage now. <laughs> two. Post credit scene, Spider Man twenty nine ninety nine goes back to sixty seven Spider Man yes. disappointing me. That was rolling on the floor. Oh, like I was sitting there in the credits and they, they do like the little tribute to Stan and Steve and I'm like, you know, this is this is great. This is this is a thoroughly good Spider Man animated feature. It's it's so cool to look at and I love all the performances and it was a really tight story. But you know what but I'm a little sad that they didn't do the two Spider Men pointing thing. Because that's just so obvious. And, and then it happened. And then they gave me Miguel, and they gave me the pointing, and I'm like, this is all I needed forever. <laughs> Did you know who voices Miguel? Uh, yeah, it's Poe. Yeah, Poe Dameron himself. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that, that's just, that's somehow perfect. I don't know how it is, but it is. And there's those small things, like being able to get a cameo for Stanley, you know, after his passing and stuff like that. There, there's, like, some really good things about it. There was oh, an Easter egg for Clone High, man. Yeah. yeah. You know what? If we just want to take a minute 
he had some great cameos last year, you know, in spite of his death. Like, if you guys, did you guys watch Teen Titans go to the movies? I, just, I saw the clip, yeah, that he clip just randomly pops out of nowhere. was one of my favorite things that no, I saw. No, see, there's that clip, but there's also the clip later on where it's like, I'm not gonna stop, I love cameos too much, and he's like, rams a golf cart into the bad guys. Yeah. I don't care if this is easy. I am Stanley. Well, he showed up like at the MTV movie or at the premiere of um, one of the movies, and they asked him, "So, Stan, what do you think about all the movies based on your work?" And he's like, "Oh, I- I'm so glad because they've given me so many great cameos over the years." <laughs> God bless you, Stanley. <laughs> all right, all right. So, Tom, it is now tradition that you throw the pick to someone else. Oh man. Uh, there's only one other pick, though, I believe. Now there's still two. There's oh, really? Scott and Jeff. Oh, Scott didn't go. Scott didn't go. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go with Jeff. I, 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 I know Scott, but I don't know Jeff. I want to hear his, his opinions. Hi, Thomas. Hi, I'm Jeff. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with news that broke today and get my Gundam nerd out. For the first time I can ever remember, they're going to do a Gundam movie premiere or a movie in theaters in the United States. It'll be a one-time only thing, just like they're doing for Dragon Ball Super Broly. It'll be a one-night only thing, but Gundam NT is coming to movie theaters in early February. Did not see that coming. I thought, nah, no way. They'll just do straight to Blu-ray again. Nope, we are actually going to get to sit down in a movie theater and watch a Gundam anime movie if you want to. I might burn a day off to see it. Uh, We'll see if uh, we'll we'll see if Cineplex Events picks up on it. They're a bit fifty fifty on these. Like I know what I would... we we I I will probably go see the Broly movie in a week or two. But uh, we'll, there there's still no word about this Gundam thing over here. <laughs> so what I what I want to know is um, for someone who's not a Gundam fan, I've only watched uh, Iron Blooded Orphans. Could you could you try to sell me on I'm going to see this? Like what? Is there something maybe that I would like? Maybe something. Uh, new? You're going to be really lost. This is this okay. is a sequel to Unicorn, which is a which is an extended well, epilogue to Char's Counterattack, which is the fourth part of the franchise. That's right. It's a bit complicated. If you go on, I don't. I'm pretty sure Netflix in Canada has it too. But you can watch Gundam Unicorn on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. If you watch Gundam Unicorn and you like it, the Gundam NT is essentially the direct sequel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So if you watch Unicorn and go, I like that, and you mm-hmm. want to go to CNT, fine. You may not get every little thing that's happening in Unicorn, because there's a lot of throwback stuff. You're like, what's going on? But if you enjoy it despite that, you'll enjoy NT for the same part. Awesome. I've awesome. met Gundam Unicorn. It was rad. <laughs> <laughs> and I am jealous of you because of that. And last but not least, I guess it's Scott. Yeah, so uh, speaking, keeping things in Japanimation things. Uh, I'm gonna throw one out to Space Battleship Tiramisu. The fuck title is that? It's the hell? it's an anime title. That's what it is. It's seven minute shorts. It is a completely non serious mech show about a young pilot whose petty insecurities get him into more trouble than it's worth. Like, Funny. yeah, yeah. Like he he is he 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 ends up getting almost crashing his cool robot. Because he's trying to pour, like, the ponzu sauce onto his curry, his, his katsu, in the cockpit. And then he knocks all the decorative cabbage all over the cockpit. And he's, you know, crazy. Is the show better than Die My Guard D? Look, there's nothing better than Die My Guard D. 
There is nothing better than the the madness of confectionery robots. giant robot that makes traditional Kyoto confections. Which, if you've never watched that, please go watch it. It's, you can watch it in what an hour? No, it's two hours. I it, think we did. It is thirteen two minute episodes. It only took us an hour because our internet was lame. It was fantastic, and the space battle tiramisu nonsense is on the Funimation channel. Yeah, it's on the Funimations. There you go. If you got the funnies, you can watch this. Alright, so that that's all taken care of, and we were gonna jump into video games of 2018. Things we mostly liked, because it was a pretty good year, I'm gonna say. I mean, I did not play too many stinkers. It was the year of the open world game, though, in uh, such a way where they did not pace out releases at oh, all. Okay, well, the open world is slowly becoming a scourge for us all. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. 100% yes. Yeah, I can kind of agree. Yeah, but I think, I think we're, we're maybe a console generation away from that co- collapsing in a bit. I don't know what Ubisoft... So Fallout so Fall 76 isn't going to be on this list, you said? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I did not, I, I was, I, I, once, once they really said what it was, and it's like, oh, it's a survival game, what has crafting? I don't care. Didn't care about the last nine of these. <laughs> I mean, well, but I will put my two cents on that when we get to Red Dead. Let's yeah, just, let's, okay. Until we get to that particular mountain of molehill. So I'm going to kick it off with something small, because I don't know if anyone else is playing this, but I have probably sunk, it, sunk way more time into Magic the Gathering Arena than is strictly good or useful. Mm-hmm. Oh, is Sam feeling upset? It's just really <laughs> funny that I'll walk in, it's like, are you playing Arena again? Hold on, I got this match handed. I got this guy. It's going to be great. Then he loses. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he's more confident, he doesn't do well. And when he's not confident, he kicks the person's ass. Scott makes no sense, but I love oh, him. So well, it, no, it makes perfect sense. I run decks that are complete magical Christmas land. Right, I, so you're like Nosferatu? No, it's it's just are all... Are you the Charlie Manx of, you know, Magic the Gathering? No, it it, it is just I run very... Very Johnny-ish decks that don't work half the time, but I have fun losing. Fair enough. But it is it is a really put, well put together product for how you could play Magic on the cheap's on the regulars. Uh, card the card card design this year has been really solid. I've liked everything that's come out. All I right. like the little animations. So like when you play your big dragon guy, there's a little hologram dragon goes rah rah rah. <laughs> It is the game that saved my interest of magic. It being able to just play a game and not have to like organize events to play. Oh is yeah, just the best thing. And also, just having a I get to have a crazy fun. Is it deck? And that's always good, right? Because you're not disappointed when you're losing. You can just pop right into another one. Yeah, it's like oh, I've I've totally bonered that. Next, click again. <laughs> yeah. So the, so that's my first easy one. So who are you throwing? Uh, let's at go face, to so. you know. Let, let, let's go to Jeff. Yeah. To me, well, let's go. I'm not gonna go with my game of the year yet. Uh, I'm gonna throw it back earlier this year. I'm pretty sure this came out this year. Horizon Zero Dawn. No, it did not. The it DLC did. The DLC okay. did, but the, Horizon. No, the DLC did not either. It came out the end of December, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, that they did rush that out. What you're thinking of is that beautiful Game of the Year edition that did come oh. out in February. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine then. I'll just. But I'll you know just... what? You can talk about it, dear, because it is a fantastic fucking game with Robo Dinosaurs. It is, but we got to see it in 2018. Well, I hopefully they make a sequel to that, but still. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's. I'll tackle my mountain here. 
Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a lot of people's game of the year. I enjoyed this game. This it is, is great- compelling. This is a great story. One of the best voice acted games I've ever seen in my life. But there's one simple problem with this game. There's a point where it gets so friggin' huge, where it literally takes you an hour to get from one side of the map to the other, just if you want to, you know, oh, I need to hunt this legendary animal. Where is it? It's over there. Now, I can ride all the way back to my camp and use fast travel, or I can just ride over there, which will take two hours. Or I could ride to the train station, but if I ride to the train station, I will invariably have to shoot somebody for some reason. And then I'm wanted by the law, and the whole game's derailed, and I don't know what I'm going to do with my afternoon now. Yeah. Things can go south in a, in a real hurry in that game. Unless you're playing as the bad guy, in which case, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but there's a certain point that in that game where I got near the end of the game where I was like, okay, let's just finish it. Okay, let's just, let's just go. Let's go. We gotta be done. <laughs> yeah, I want to be done with this game now. Where the original Red Dead, as soon as I finished it, like, man, that was so good. I want to play it again. When I finished Red Dead Redemption 2, I uninstalled it. It's like, maybe I'll come back to it at some point, but not right now. Because A, it's a huge, it takes up a ton of hard drive space. Oh, uh, it's like a, it's, it's like a 60 gig install. Right. Oh, it's huge. I like, I don't know, it's, if you actually get the physical copy, it actually comes on two discs. Oh, yeah. Well, I bought the, I bought the digital on PS4, 101 gigs. Yeah, yeah. That takes like a, almost a third of the PS4 right there. I, I got a two terabyte portable hard drive attached to my Xbox One X, because I got the 4K versions. Oh, jeez. It's 150-some gigs with a 4K file. Like, speaking, the next console generation's coming, and they are going to need some no-fucking-around when it comes to hard drive space. Yeah, you're going to have to go with four or five terabyte ridiculousness. Like, four's going to have to be a real content, like, four's going to have to be an entry model. Right. Yeah, your base model better come with at least one or two terabytes. Because at this point, I'm about to spend $150 to get one of those uh, 16 terabyte portable externals that has its own power supply and plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's nitpicky. I'll freely admit, that's nitpicky. It's a big game to download. All right, fine, whatever. But there's a certain point, like I said, near the end of the story where you're just like, okay, I want to be done. I don't want to do this anymore. Mission, mission, you know. The best thing about Rockstar's game is the stuff in between the missions. It's not so much the missions itself. It's the stuff you do from point A to point B and the side tracks you get on. Yeah. At a certain point, I'm like, I don't care. Just go, go. You know, that one guy who was looking for his friend. All right. Yeah, fine. You can't find him. Whatever. Go. Mission, mission, go. Mission, mission, mission. All right. We're done. Nope. We got the epilogue. Okay. Mission, 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 mission. <laughs> and, you know, I, I can't believe I'm complaining the game is too big and too over the top and too crazy. But that's what they did. They got to the point where it was a chore to play as opposed to something fun to do. So I'm actually going to stop you because I actually agree and I haven't gone back to it because it's too overwhelming. I find that, first off, I think there's too many fiddly bits to that game that don't fucking need to be there. Like being able to lift the tail of the horse and going, yep, it's a boy. Well, no, even just even just having to stop and oil your guns and brush your horse and make sure you have enough oat cakes for your horse. And I'm like, this is not adding to my cowboy fun times. If I wanted to play a fucking life sim, I would play Harvest Moon because at least I can get married and I water my crops and I do my chores and I'm happy. If I am playing a cowboy simulator, I want to be a rootin' tootin' cowgirl, and I want to <laughs> fucking, like, own bitches. So I the want idea that I got a t-shirt right now. <laughs> I want to be a rootin' tootin' cowgirl, and I want to fucking own bitches. 
right there. That. I'm I'm playing through Red Dead myself right now. Yeah, I'm maybe a third of the way through the story, and I, I do like how beautiful this game, is, how atmospheric it is. Like when you start that game and you're stuck in that blizzard. And you're kind of realizing with them, they're stuck there. They have to literally scrounge for food because they can't call for rescue. There's no phone lines. There's no cell phones. There's no GPS to figure out where the fuck they are. No, there's totally GPS. It's in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. There's a nice yellow line that tells me where to go. But you get a sense of what these people are dealing with. There's a sense of atmosphere with the game. Oh, for the first eight hours of the game, it's the greatest game ever made. Yeah, and then that 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 honeymoon period starts to wear off. Right. I kind of had the same issue with GTA Five. I played through GTA Five story mode for about half the thing, and then I hopped right onto online and played you know played cops and robbers with my friends. And I'm about at that point with Red Dead about doing that. All I want to know is, does Dutch win? Because I like him, and I'm rooting for him. Like Sam, did time. you not get to the end of Red Dead 1, where yeah, Dutch did. totally does not win? I know, but I want him to win at least in this game. <laughs> Scott, Because Scott. I like Dutch. I know Scott. that he dies in the first game, because I did beat the one. Yeah. But I also like them picking on John Marston, because he's such a pansy. <laughs> I Scott, just I have a plan. We need to stick the together. I think the point where the game started going downhill for me personally was as soon as John Marston gets his kid back, you know, they yeah. go to the, the plantation, they, they burn the plantation down, they kill the woman, like, mm. all right, they get they get John Marston, then they go to the big, they get his kid back in the city, and then from that point on, it felt like a chore. It's like, okay, we reached the end of the game, now we have to play the rest of the game. Uh, yeah. It's it's just, it's too big. It, it There's... There's too many things. I had to spend like twenty minutes, twenty minutes watching a vaudeville show. I actually enjoyed watching you do that, because I was totally singing and dancing in the background. But that's because I'm your wife and I do that shit. No, well, there's there's like a whole mini game where you're trying to be like Mister Hoverhand with your date, and that stops too early. I love. There, there, there's also hand. like there's also like weird issues with the controls because you know. All buttons are contexty. Yeah. yeah, and I'm so used to, you know, hey, I don't have any guns equipped. Right triggers punch. So I run into a situation that I gotta beat somebody up. Oops, I I just shot the girl he was trying to mug. <laughs> Oops. I'm going back to jail now. <laughs> uh, Alright, Jeff, throw it to someone else. Uh Sam. No, Sam threw it to me. Yeah. Uh, Dan. Alright, um, I'm going to go with um, this mainly because even though it came out last year or in 20, like 2016, 2017 for uh, PS4, Xbox finally got it. And that was near Automata. That is a fine and, little one. I'm sorry? That is a fine game. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's one you can just sink into and go around and do the missions and listen to, like, podcasts play in the background. The music is beautiful. The art style is beautiful. This overgrown world, the, the, the story context and everything. And, yeah, it's got huge-ass open world with a dozen or so optional quests that you can do. But the big difference between, say, this and when you do that on Mass Effect Andromeda is... Andromeda felt like a chore. 
like you're driving around and you find somebody who needs help and then you pick up that question you're like oh god another one well in near you're running around the city you see an icon it's like hey what's over here oh hey somebody to talk to oh he wants me to go do this thing okay let me check the map okay i got three other things to do in that area i'll come back and see this guy when i'm done and then you get these goofy little story things like you know you you earn a crap ton of credits and then you you pay them into this wacky um uh event inventor machine hey emil is more than that he's a sad man because the secret the reveal of Mir is always that the person is very sad always well sad. no 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 the, the, but the, the 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 i'm talking about the inventor guy right outside the machine village oh that guy so he he you you pay him a bunch of stuff you start getting rarer items and then eventually you give him the great thing of like a hundred thousand coin or whatever. And he builds a fucking skyhook. And he's disappointed because he was aiming for the moon and he landed on Mars. And he chalks it up as a failure and wanders off and it's like That's the, the reveal <laughs> The reveal of Nier is that the person is always sad. Yeah. It, it was just it's just kind of fun. And these side missions, they don't feel like chores. They feel like they're adding to the narrative of the world. And that's what I liked. And again, the music is great. The combat system's easy to get into. Um, all the different weapons and the styles that those weapons use. It's great. And I really enjoyed it. But there are some other issues. Like, uh, like you gotta replay the game like six times to get all the endings and stuff. Thankfully, you think of your chapter skip at the third one. <laughs> but thankfully, you don't have to do everything from the beginning. Like, you, if you completed a, a side quest in your first playthrough, that side quest is still done on your second. That that's a trait of the Nier series, by the way, because the original Gestalt was the same way. Um, when you play Old Man Nier. Um, you didn't have to redo a lot of things. Like, all the endings came faster and faster based on how much you had already done. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that they kept that intact for Automata because I feel like for some people that could have been a, you know, a, a hell to the no. I know Scott liked Auto Tomato. He, uh, he I, I loved Auto Tomatoes. Very religiously. We almost bought the creepy doll of What's-Her-Face. No, I did not buy that creepy doll. You thought about it. No, I did not think about <laughs> buying the creepy doll. <laughs> We should throw it to... Well, Dan, Dan, who's going to throw um, it? I'm going to throw it to Thomas. All right. Well, um, I actually was just thinking about this right now. I, I'll be honest. I haven't played that many games in 2018 that released in 2018. That's okay. Um, but the ones that I have, I really liked. And I think the one that I really want to highlight is uh, Moonlighters. Uh, if you don't know, I'm really, really into indie games that, and like roguelikes especially. Um, and Moonlighters is just like a perfect fit of being able to play casually and being able to get this action-slash-shopkeeper element in it. Uh, so if you don't know what it is, you get to uh, dive delve, or delve into these dungeons, slay monsters, kill things, and collect items, then go to your shop where you can manually price the items, and you sort of have to learn your town, because some people like certain items at other prices. And you know, you really have to not only uh, be good at combat, because it's a hard, hard game, but you also have to be good at negotiating and, like, learning how people act right so i love it i absolutely i've spent way too many hours on it as i tell you so i have uh, to ask i mm -hmm. have to ask did you play reseteer then no okay because that's the game that predates moonlighter oh it, it, so it's it not a rogue it's just a zelda clone no okay. actually it is a rogue that was the one thing oh. you always kind of got mixed up with it so it is a rogue mm -hmm. 
Um, except that the main character is not combat focused. She has to hire um, people to help her out. Mm. And again, you have to learn the town. You have to. You, There's always have, old man who won't who won't pay more than ten for anything. It's true. <laughs> um, the goal of that game is to make sure that you don't end up in a cardboard box at the end of it. Your, your dad took out some loans from the fairy mafia. Yeah, she did. The main character <laughs> takes some loans from the fairy mafia. Um, but if you ever get the chance and it goes on sale, I highly recommend that game. Uh, I want to play Moonlighter. It just hasn't come down to a price that I want to pay yet. I yeah, may it have gotten it free. I may have gotten a Twitch Prime thing for it. Oh, sweet. Uh, yes, it did just come out on that, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like an interesting game because even though it's combat focused, like I was saying, at least more so than the game that you were descri- describing, um, you, I almost like, whenever I was out in the dungeons, eventually I was just like, I just want to get back to my shop. And I want to sell know, my stuff. Of, yeah. <laughs> and they have this interesting mechanic where you have to sort of uh, manage your inventory. And that sounds like a pain, but there's like curses on certain items and you have to place other, because it's a grid system. You have to like place other items in areas that will remove the curse, and it's this huge thing, and it almost becomes a puzzle as you're going throughout the dungeon. So it's really interesting and a mix of a lot of genres that I already like. Uh, so it was it was just like it struck a chord, and I was like, I'm in, you know. <laughs> I I must have this game. All right, it, so sold me even harder on it. It's background to me, and uh, I actually didn't go. Everyone oh. skipped me. Oh, <laughs> so well, nice I'm try. not gonna. Skip. So how about you can go next? Okay, so I'm actually going to pick an indie game too that I want to highlight that I loved. Uh, I'm a big visual novel fan, and I had the chance to play a wonderful uh, sci-fi horror game called Distress. Now, I'm going to be a little biased as a friend of mine actually wrote the game, Um, but it has over 48 endings, and it's about a space crew, kind of like the Firefly crew, who opt between two different missions, and regardless of what mission you choose, there's a good chance your whole team will die. And each playthrough takes about 15 minutes to a half an hour. Um, I cycled through so many endings. I had many feelings. The writing is solid. The characters are hilarious. Uh, One of them is like, he reminds me of the Burly Towel Man. I was describing it to my friend Jamie, who's like, he, he's kind of based on the Burley Towel Man. I was like, yes, I knew it! But it's dirt cheap, like, it'll cost you less than a cup of coffee to play. Um, if you like visual novels, or if you like horror games, even, it's definitely worth checking out. And like I said, for the amount of playthrough and the amount of endings that you have, like, it's totally worth more than five bucks. Like, I told him he should have been charging more. So, so that's my first thing. I think I know what I'm doing after this. <laughs> Yes, go look into Distress. It is on Steam, finally. It came out in November. Alright, so I'm gonna recommend um, keeping going back to the rogue theme. Uh, Prey Moonlight? It's a expansion for Prey, the game from last year, and it is a game where you are jumping into the memories of five different crew members on a moon research base where everything has gone wrong, and you have to keep uh, jumping in and out and trying to do different things. Uh, and each character has different specialties, so you have to deal with the fact that uh, if you're the janitor, you only have tech, you you can you only have repair abilities. You have to get around everything using your ability to fix stuff as opposed to being the security guy who just wrecks everything with a shotgun. And all the while, you get more bits of the story of how exactly the moon went wrong and various other stuff. It, it's... And you get to jump around on the moon and fight weird moon zombies. 
I mean, I can finally live as a janitor that I've always wanted to be. You can so. you can finally live as a moon janitor. You also get to live as a moon CEO. So, you know, the full I mean, spectrum you're, of you're life both, is there. Right? CEO of janitors? Yes. Well, your entire staff is about, apparently, four guys and a bunch of zombies. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. You gotta toss it, dear. All right, so I'm gonna toss it to Dan. Okay, my second highlight for, or, well, actually my third, because we already talked about Red Dead. Yeah. Um, is um, Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. Because I've, honestly, I've been trying to get into Monster Hunter for years. Like, back on the PS2, on the 3DS with my friends, and I would just get my, I, I, I would try. You know, I could do a couple quick, simple, easy missions here and there. And, you know, get the basics down. But then anytime I would join my friends' games, and they're running around with, like, top-tier armor, top-tier weapons, and they're practically one-shotting the monsters. It takes me half an hour to hunt. And with World, it's all just one giant map. You get it's, It's a little bit of a difficulty curve at the beginning, but when you learn the mechanics of the weapons you use and the creatures you're fighting and what's best to hunt them with, it, it's a lot easier for me to get into, and I really enjoy it. And it's really fun playing that game with my friends over Xbox Live. And we're like, "Oh God, it's all over! Where, where you are? I'm up on the second level of the tree. We're on our way. Stay alive!" That is such a fun game to play with your friends. I'm sort of sad I fell out of it, but I did enjoy my time, like just being like, "I kill this Anjanath, and then I take its corpse." <laughs> And then I give my cat friend a new outfit. This is a game that has like 14 different fully animated cat chef montages. You know what? I named my cat Booger. (laughs) Of course you named your cat Booger. He's all decked in pink. The thing for me was when when I got into Monster Hunter World, I was getting a little burned out on Destiny. I was getting burned out on, oh, you know, random number generator gods hating my soul. And here you get a sense of... I'm trying to think of the proper word. Um, you get a sense of agency when you go after a monster because you're like, oh, I need the head crest from it. Okay, I'm going to keep targeting his head until it breaks, and then my chances to get the head crest go up. And you don't get that with a couple uh, with any, with other games that require random number generation to for loot. And Monster Hunter was really good on that, so that's why I give it like a highlight for the year. Cool beans. Oh, all right, and I'm going to throw it to Jeff. Three simple words. God of War. Dad of Boy, yes. Yes. That's, I was going to say, what name boy. are you talking about? Boy. 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 Okay, let's just, I'm going to just put this as simply as I can. This is the greatest voice acted and CG or motion captured game of all time. Better than Uncharted 4, and that's you know a, a tough argument for me, but I'll say, no, it's better. Just because of the cast of you know, voice and actors you have in this. Two, it was the only game I played. As soon as I finished it, it was like, I want the sequel right now. I need more I of, of this. Yeah. That's, I need God of War 2 right now. It'll be ready in three years. No, no, no. Now. Right now. Now. Give it fight. to me. I need, I need to go fight Thor now. Yeah. Now. <laughs> and I haven't replayed the game, but that is one of the... That's why it's not my game of the year, and we'll talk about that on my next go-around. But... God of War is almost a friggin' movie that you're playing, like the Uncharted 4 style, so cinematic, so beautiful. The characters, the mysteries that they got going, 
I literally got chills up my spine when he pulled out the uh, Blades of Chaos and said, and uh, the ghost or the specter of Athena says, you will always be a monster. And he says, yes, but yours no longer. He pulled out the blades, the, the, he fired them up, and I was like, here we go. Well, this is like a very, like it, it is a sad dad game. It's a sad yeah. dad game, but it's a sad dad game on this mythic operatic Vagnarian scale, and it still just makes me care about how sad Kratos is yeah. about being dad. Oh, and one other thing I didn't mention, can we talk about the soundtrack? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. The deep, like, they're singing an old Norse and super deep, deep, deep bass. I'll play that driving down my car, and I just feel, driving in my car, and I'll just feel more badass just because of it. See, no, what I want for driving is uh, just just the stories, just like what your canoe ride stories with Severed Head. Yeah. I think the thing I liked about it most was that it, it, it made Kratos, a god of war, feel so quaint. You know, feel like he was just an everyday guy trying to take care of his son and, like, do what's best for him. I think that was really, really interesting how they, they humanized him, really. Yeah. Well, in, the, in the original God of War games, he was a freaking rage monster. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Kratos when he has nothing else to rage against. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he has killed literally killed everything that has wronged him, and now he has to realize that all he, like, he everything he had, he destroyed with that rage. Well... He obviously found happiness with this woman, and then she died of a sickness. We're, we're not told she, she's never murdered, or else he'd be out there hunting down the killer. Like, yeah. Okay, she's dead now. Nothing you can do about it, no one you can take revenge on. Now you got a kid to take care of. Go for it, buddy. And it's, again, it's the climax of the last few God of War games are like, you know, climb up the outside of a horrible, freakish, giant man monster and rip his eyeballs out and cut him to bits. <laughs> And here the climax is, well, you finally punch a man to death, and then his mom is really mad at you for doing that, and then you leave, and you scatter some ashes, and while you're doing that, you realize you're gonna have to die in the next game, and maybe that's okay? But you, you find out that, you know, things have a purpose. You know how your story's gonna end now. You know how things are gonna finish up. And you could fight against it, but at the same point, like, we're playing a game that's already, the story's already been written. Here's here's the story on the wall. Everything we've done. It's going to end up this way. Okay. As long as my son is safe. And he's going to be. Because he's going to have a big snake monster. (laughs) Make him friends with a big old snake, man. Well, the the other thing I give the game is the, the way the camera works. Because that camera, it never freezes and cuts away to a different camera angle. You're always, like, over the shoulder of Kratos or his kid. It's always from their point of view in some way. Mm-hmm. And it never breaks from that. It never stops. It's always just hovering right around them. So you get these great character moments mm-hmm. where he, he, they, they, they come into some tomb that's, or some vault that's filled with treasures from all these other gods. And... Kratos is looking at all the things that show him as the god of war, and he turns, you know, he he turns the vase so uh, Atreus doesn't see it. He he finds that bottle of wine, and on, as they're on the elevator ride, he's like, "Boy, take this. It's you know, Athenian wine or whatever." And he, he gives the kid the wine, and, and he's he he gives him this example of he takes a couple swigs and goes, "Ah." 
And it's just these great character moments and this atmosphere. Like, the the levels themselves feel huge. Like, from the foot of those hills to the top of that mountain, you are there with them every step. And can I add, they actually do something I didn't think was possible. They add some, a little bit of humor, a little bit of levity to a God of War game. <laughs> so can I turn into an animal? Can you turn it? What? I just told you you're a god. Can I turn yeah. No. Can I, like, fly or turn invisible? What can I do? I don't know. You should have some deeper understanding or something. I just, just punch things. <laughs> What's your magic power? I hit really, really hard. Ah, fatherhood. You know, other people can't lift trees. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Or, that, or honestly, I'm not, it's my game of the year. I, I, I didn't have a PS2 again until recently, but I sat over my friend's house. I watched playthroughs, and it is a beautiful game. It is a gorgeous game. Yep. I will throw it to Thomas. That's me again. Okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> now this is I'm assuming my game of the year this time, right? Well if well, if you've got more, we'll we'll wind down the list and we'll see what okay, we run okay. out of. This is not my game of the year. This is one again I really want to uh, highlight. Uh again I'm I'm about the Indies and you know, all that. So uh I don't know if you've heard of Little Nightmares, uh, but it just recently came out not on uh on all platforms. It, it just released on the Nintendo Switch. So it's technically I guess not a game from two thousand and eighteen, but it was released. It released year. in twenty eighteen. It can count. Yeah. So it's uh give you a little story. It's uh, a side scrolling horror game that makes you feel like you're the actual monster, but you still care for the character. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting mix of this almost, um, claymation-like animation, which, uh, I don't know if I've, I've told you, Scott, but I'll tell everybody here is I'm terrified of claymation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> James and the Giant Peach, it literally gave me, uh, nightmares. And, well, what about, like, bump in the night? No, can't do it. <laughs> that, okay, but, we, then Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No, absolutely not. No, Wallace okay. and Gromit. Uh, I watched it, and I think I, I might have wanted to throw the team. Chicken Run. <laughs> Chicken Run I haven't seen. Clay uh, Fighters. Clay Fighters was amazing. <laughs> Thank you! That's the exception to the rule! So, well, yeah, that's, that's a bunch of polygons pretending to be clay. Look, yeah, exactly. it had a Gumby. <laughs> right? And Earthworm Jim. Gumby, a bit weird that he was in. Gumby fucked everybody up, and that was great. And it was faux claymation. Yeah, yeah. So that's like uh, Gumby Main, by the way. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) so you're you're playing this little girl who um, just sort of wakes up in this world that's way too large for her. Uh, She's like almost like a little imp that is uh, you're playing as, and you're just going around and and trying to escape this place. It's sort of in that two D slash three D environment where it's all. you're seeing like cuts of the room, but you can still move in the third dimension. And you're solving these puzzles that are like kind of gruesome. Like you have to turn meat into sausages to create links so you can swing across the links to get to a switch. It's stuff like that, right? Very interesting, very like you wouldn't really see it a whole lot else. But it, it I don't know how, but it made me feel like this literal, little might like uh, they described the, the, the girl as a little nightmare. And she really is. She, she's not exactly a good person, as you find out as you're playing the game. But you still care for some reason. It's sort of like you're playing Red Dead as a bad guy, but you want the bad guy to win. I don't know. <laughs> huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely take a look at it. It's. Um, I think it's really pretty cheap too, and you can probably complete it within a day. And it's horror themed, so I was I was gonna play it for Oktoberfest, and uh, I, I did and loved it, and I'll probably do it every year. I think it's worth uh, pretty playing. I like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Um, who hasn't gone yet? Let's see. All right, I, I think I've it's got me one more. Again. It's me or Sam. You you okay. always go. You are always first, Scott. Yeah. This is the Scott, stupid order first. we've created that we didn't really plan for. <laughs> I like to go against the grain. So, Scott, you're going to have to wait a little bit. I haven't picked you yet, and uh, let's continue that. Yay! <laughs> Inclusion! Woo. Um, so, my next one I want to talk about... I'm going to talk about the two Yakuza games that released last year, and I'm going to put them together only because I can talk about them. They're a bit of a set. Well, they are and they aren't. Uh, I'm going to first talk about uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2, which is the remaster of Yakuza 2. Yakuza 2 is my favorite in the series, mostly because there's a giant Korean mafia plotline. And Kiryu punches a tiger. Kiryu punches a tiger in that one, and it's pretty epic. Um, The Majima Construction Company is painful, and I love it at the same time. And I got really addicted to a house club mini mini game. Table five! It was really fun. Like, you basically help these women in uh, Dotenbori, or in the case of the game, I guess it's Sotenbori. Um, They are trying to become the best host club in the neighborhood, um, but they've lost all their best girls to uh, this guy who's clearly cheating. The rich kids from across town. Yeah. Like, it is is full-on 90s sports movie, but you're playing Diner Dash. So you are helping the ladies out by, you know, helping them with their needs during client visits and whatnot. And the minigame gets progressively harder and harder, but there's also just this really wonderful storyline about just the issues the girls face and how Kiryu needs to fix them. Kiryu is delightful, and he's a wonderful protagonist, and just, when it's free again on PS4, if it appears on PC, like, I highly recommend it. I know Kiwami 1 was a free game back in, I believe it was December. Yeah. So, have a chance to play that. Um the Yakuza series is just, it is the balance of wonderful hilarity and stone seriousness. And just this, the plotline of Yakuza 2 is just one of the stronger ones that they've had over the years. But leading into Yakuza 6 Song of Life, I think that's actually a debatable point. Uh, Song of Life is supposed to be Kiryu's farewell. Um, they've already announced the protagonist of the next game. He has a fro. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is not Kazuma Kiryu. Um, in Song of Life, you have Kazuma kind of coming to terms with the fact that he's beaten up every possible baddie in all of Kamurocho, and so he goes to, um, this little town called Oromonomichi, um, where he finds out that his surrogate daughter Haruka had a child, (laughs) and he's trying to figure out how the hell that happened, given, you know, the numerous amount of kidnappings. Haruka gets kidnapped more than once in each game. So you also have to play a dad simulator, sort of, which is pretty funny. Like, Haruto the baby will tell you if you're doing a shit job or not. It's it's delightful. Um, but Yakuza 6 is... It's not as big as some of the other games in the series, but I was kind of okay with that. It was nice to see Kiryu get a proper denouement, especially with the way uh, in which a lot of the other games were kind of going in the series. Like, they... When you get to 4 and 5 in particular, I mean, they're giving you more and more heroes to play as, but Kiryu's story never entirely felt finished, um, especially with the orphanage and just 
his relationship with Haruka. So it's really cool to see that they've written the story where uh, they finally get their closure. Plus, Beat Takeshi's in it. Who doesn't fucking love a game with Beat Takeshi? He's fucking amazing in it. I love him. I've been yelling at Scott to like continue his Yakuza playthroughs, and he hasn't done it yet. So this year, Scott, what are you doing? Are you going to play Yakuza 5? Maybe I'll finish Yakuza 5. Or play Yakuza 0? Or the other one. Or the other, other Please one. Please play a Yakuza game so I don't feel alone exploding in my happiness. Um, quick sidebar. When I was in Japan, apparently I almost beat a guy for a Majima figure. Yeah, no, she, she would have wrecked that guy for the Figma. So we were at Tokyo Game Show, and this guy was humming and hawing at the Figma booth. My friend Kim had told me, oh yeah, they had plenty. So I went over, they had one left. Guys, we didn't know it was la- the last one until yeah. Sam bought it off the booth lady. Well, the best part was the guy's humming and he's hawing and all of a sudden he puts it down. I put my hand out and I just, I take it. He gives me this dirty look like, hey, and I'm like, you put it down, motherfucker. I walked up to the cash. I'm like, here's my yen. Give me my Majima. And they were like, oh, that was the last one. I'm like, good. And I walked away. So Majima currently has a giant baseball bat. We decided this year for Christmas that, you know, fuck Elf on a Shelf. We're going to just have Majima everywhere. And it was pretty great. So Majima was around the house for a little bit. Like, this is a testament to how much I love this series. Um, you know, I was one of the first female reviewers to re- actually talk about it publicly when 3 came out. And it just, it holds a very special place in my heart. And I really cannot wait for Judgment when it releases in the summer, just because it's going to be interesting to see the cast of Kamurocho dealing with a PI who's going to be out to sort of really dick them hard. And he's got crazy tech. Yeah, he got crazy tech. He, he's so. got drones and shit. He's really going to do it. He's going to clean this town up. I'm so mad when I was at Tokyo Game Show that I didn't get to play it and Scott did. He wrote I that in stood my in face a so line. Hard. I stood in a longer line that I regretted. <laughs> Persona Q2 was not worth standing two hours in line for. Because it was the same fucking game you've already played. You like Entry and Odyssey? Great. You like the Persona cats? Great. Still the same thing. So, that's my pick. Hi, husband. Would you like to go again? Sure. I'm gonna say, I think I think we're all waiting for it, but Spider-Man PS4. Was it the best game yeah. ever? Look, I this made me happy, happy in my bones. Cause, and Scott's a miserable person. Yes. <laughs> I've spent like, you know, 15 honest years waiting for a game where I can just swing around New York and be Spider-Man. Didn't you say Spider-Man 2 was originally the best Spider-Man game? And that yes. says a lot? Yes, Spider-Man it 2. kind of was. Spider-Man 2 was. <laughs> and now Spider-Man is a better Spider-Man. And I adored how it did its open world spaces and its little collectibles and all its little side missions. I I really like the characters they introduce. I like the way they spun elements of Marvel backstory differently. You Um, love Spider-Cop. Oh, Spider-Cop is perfect. I ought to point out that the idea that Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt trying to do that conversation as a married couple, it just kind of blew my mind. Because I'm, I'd be pissing myself if I was staring at my spouse, let's say. I'm sure they weren't in the same room. No, I doubt they did. But the idea of, reads. you know, just that conversation, it's like, how do you, how would you keep a straight face if your husband was going around the house going, spider cop? Well, well, that's it. You had, well, odds are Yuri recorded his lines first, and then they'd play those for Tara, and she'd have to stop and collect herself. 
and then go home and kick him in the shins for that. But something, something that, you know, there's a billion little things you can notice in that game, but Yuri reads every line twice. Oh. There's, there's one, if you're, if you're, if, if he's in dialogue with someone and you're just standing on a rooftop, he reads it one way. If he's running or swinging or climbing, he reads it differently. Hmm. And like, the- yeah, that's the dynamic I did notice from watching people play. Yeah. It's- I didn't notice that. Yeah. No, mind you, I'm not as, I didn't finish it yet, but. Yeah. Well, also, you may not have been in a situation to repeat a conversation because of a game over where mm. it's not a cutscene. Uh, it just looked, but this game looks cool. It feels great. I love all the jokes. I loved collecting everything. The DLC turned out to be mostly pretty strong. You did bitch oh, once I, or twice. Yeah, there were there were some hard fights in there. Oh, there's some hard fights. I mean, some of the screwball stuff drove me nuts. But oh. there's, a, there's a, this that DLC was good because it was challenging, but it wasn't unfair. I cursed at it like you stupid, but there's a way to do it, and you don't gotta cheat to do it. Yeah, there's there's a couple of like the hideouts where it's just like. Why so many of the heavy Gatling mans? <laughs> right. And that stupid one with the jetpack on the shield. Oh, I hate those guys. Yeah. Oh, jetpack shield guys are the worst. Yes. But I enjoy... I, Game of the Year was mine also was Spider-Man because I talked about God of War. As soon as God of War was over, I wanted a sequel. Give it to me now. But I didn't go back and play God of War again. I didn't feel the need to. I probably will at some point, but I didn't go, eh, let's do it again. Spider-Man, as soon as I finished Spider-Man, I completed everything. I platinumed it out. I did the entire thing. I played the DLC, and they said, New Game Plus. I'm like, yes, please. And I want a sequel right now. <laughs> yeah, I want more. Now, now, now. More, 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 that, please. More, more, I, more. Go, I mean, at the very end of the game, when you've done everything, they stop sending out, like, the the fancy different jobs, and they go back to your fighting crime. There's, yeah, there's still they, crimes you get, happening. They, they start spawning street crime again, which was great. Right. So you can just go back and play that game forever, because the, probably the most fun thing in that game is swinging around the city. The only thing I would like to do more is, like, I wanted to go to the other side of the bridge. I wanted to go to the Statue of Liberty. But if they said, okay, we're going to use the same map again, and we're going to do the next story, I'm like, I'm okay with that. Give me Spider-Man 2. Give me the Venom story. I want to see where this goes. I want to see what Harry Osborn's doing in that tank. I need to know these things. Despite the fact that I've been reading Spider-Man for all these years and I know what's not coming, I don't care. Give me Spider-Man 2 now. Yeah. Uh... Sadly didn't get to it, but it's like one of those ones that I feel like, even if I play a little bit late, I'm going to enjoy myself. Oh yeah, like, oh. well, there's there's not any huge story things that you're going to miss out on because the zeitgeist has passed. Mm-hmm. Right. The thing for me with it that didn't make it my game of the year, though, was it uses... It uses um, it uses the the Arkham Asylum style of sneak up and knock out enemies. And what's but wrong with it, that? Yeah, well, it's been a while was, since I've had a good Arkham game. <laughs> in that though, if you're in like a hideout and you start taking guys out, the remaining guys start getting paranoid and start freaking out and start getting a little harder to get. Oh, they do that here too. It's not if as you, it's not as if prevalent. You, if you not, hide them. Like, if you pull them up to the sky, and they don't notice them, okay, nothing happens. If you web them to the wall, they will come by and they go, oh, I see webs. I mean, Spider-Man's here. And for a little bit, they will be much more difficult. Now, eventually, they'll calm down, but you got to wait them out. Shit, so, yo, you know, Spider-Man here. But like they don't, the New York, there's no the point New York where accident. they, 
At the same time, there's not the point where they start destroying your gargoyles or trying to like melt your uh, your vents the way they the goons do in they, Arkham. Yeah, and then there's also the stealth missions, which eh, they don't seem like my cup of tea. They kind of break the it, it, it breaks the, the the it breaks the flow of things, but at the same time. It break, it's a hard break, so it's like, you know, if I was playing Peter, I could do this no problem, but now I gotta play as Mary Jane or whatever. I didn't mind that. It's just a change of pace. Like I, it's not like they, they didn't make the Mary Jane or the Miles Morales stuff that hard. It's just a little different, you know, it changes up the gameplay a little. And can we also point out that I love the different superpowers you get? Everyone's got their favorite that they'll stick with. Like, you get your super, like, I use the web one all the time where I web everyone at the walls. But there's all sorts of fun ones, though. The the extra arms from Infinity War, you get... There's ones that are, like, you know, one-hit KOs. There's And there's one that's nothing but quips. Yeah. So you get you do Spider-Man quips all the time. Holograms were fun. Oh, I, I will say, I think some of the best stuff that's come out of it, though, is um, the goofy glitches with people. Like, um, I think one of my favorites was... Um, you're, it's in the intro level, and uh, you he knocked the dude into a wall and then webbed him into the wall, except the wall was the elevator door. <laughs> so as the uh, so the, the the mission continues on, and some goons are you know reinforcements are coming down this elevator. The elevator door starts opening up, and you see the guy fidgeting, and then you start seeing his model glitch underneath the door, and it's just like you you, you kind of just put in your own mind the. The, the agonizing screams of this guy as he squeegeed off the door. <laughs> There's this one clip of that game where uh, a guy gets stuck to a car door and then thrown at another enemy. Yes! <laughs> can't stop watching it. Uh, 2018 in a nutshell. <laughs> hey, general rule of life, if you're playing an open world game, there's going to be a weird-ass glitch. Oh, well, yeah. There's definitely weird ones. Um, okay, so who's next? Does Dan have one more? Um, I mentioned it earlier with Jeff. I think God of War's game of the year this year. Okay, I it will not is, argue with you. It, it's focused on its story. It's beautiful. The soundtrack is great. The atmosphere is great. Like I said, when this story starts, you are looking over Kratos' shoulder from the beginning to the end. Like, there's no far-off camera shots that show, like, everybody in the arena. It's all right over his shoulder. Hmm. Oh. And you get you get this sense of character with him because he spent the last three and a half games because I kind of count that PSP game as a half game, um, just violent bent rage at everything, and now he's burned out, and he doesn't want that to happen to his son, mm-hmm. and he is seeing this happen to his son and is threatening his child, and he he's tried to distance himself because he doesn't want the boy to end up just like him. But mm. at the same time, he eventually realizes he has to take a bigger role in this kid's life. I think one of the, the more impressive steps in that, that game is that they seem to have made it accessible to people who even didn't play the original God of Wars, but yet still a love letter to the people that did. Yeah. You know? Yes. I mean, they in, fl- in many flashbacks, they gave you all the limited information you needed to know understand what why this was important and you didn't really need to know a whole lot but mm-hmm. they gave you the information you did need 
Because it's really just a story about his dad and his boy, or right. the man and his boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you need to know, okay, why does he so concerned about things going south here? He says, okay, well, here's what he did to his dad. Mm-hmm. That's all you really need to know is, yeah, Kratos killed Zeus. Bad. <laughs> Bad boy. Just, just the, the start of that game, when Boulder shows up, or Boulder shows up, and he is antagonizing and taunting Kratos. And Kratos is just going... <sighs> <laughs> don't kill him. Don't kill him. Don't anger management skills. Anger anger management yeah, yeah, he's like going he's like going through his anger management meditation courses. And then eventually Boulder gets into it and he's just like, fuck you! I'm throwing you into this goddamn tree, you fucking little litter. <laughs> yeah. Did you kill that guy, Dad? Don't worry about it, boy. <laughs> and I'm not hundred percent sure I did it anyway. Let's go back to home. Let's go back to house. <laughs> What's left of it? <laughs> let's go back to the... Ha- Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's go to Canoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk that big snake thing over there. <laughs> and the kid, even... He's exposition kid. But you get... He, he tells it in a way that you would believe that this is dad and boy on road trip. And... Boy has to entertain him. So Boy is telling all those stories that Mom told him that Dad didn't really pay attention to. He, he like, was busy chopping wood. Yeah, it's like, Thor, who's that? Oh, he's one of the greatest of all the... And then you get the exposition. Like, and you could believe that Kratos marched a thousand miles north and could care less who the fuck he was talking to. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got one more that's sort of a mixed bag for me. Uh yes. Well, before I just let everyone wind down, yeah. uh, Battletech. You liked your Battletech? <laughs> I liked it. it I'm not going to say it's great. There's a lot of just clunk in how the game performs. And some of that's on purpose because Battletech was always a clunky game. And then there's my constant unending anger at watching the damage tick, watching the status, the, the various statuses fill in. And then the fall down animation plays because they resolve falling down last. Okay, I got my sniper in position. Oh, he just got a longbow. Oh, there's a goss round. Oh, there's a PPC into him. And now he's down for two turns. Yeah. So, do you want to do Thomas? Yeah. Thomas. Uh, Thomas, more stuff. Okay. So, this is one that I've been holding. It's still indie, of course, because that's me. Um, but this is one that you guys might also have played because it is also to do with mechs. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of to Into the Breach. Oh, I loved that this year. Yes, it was amazing. Uh, it's sort of uh, you know, a turn-based strategy grid mech action puzzle. Uh, time travel. Time travel. You think of a genre word that's not like shooter, and it's probably in there. Uh, it's probably also a visual novel sometimes. You know, yeah. it's like so many things all at once, and it does all of them well. And the, the cool thing about it, in in my opinion, is that now that, you know, working, other things got going on, uh, you can play in such short chunks, and you still get the full feel. Because each map, like each play session, you only need about oh, 10 minutes at most yeah, it's like, to play. It's like 9, 10 turns for a round. Yeah, so it's uh, you're, you play on like a 9 by 9 grid, uh, let's say. And you essentially just have to kill the monsters uh, in three waves, no matter how you do it. You can push them off the edge, because after the ninth block is just a pitfall. Why? It's just the but world is, is only these blocks. They fall. Yeah. You, you knock them off, they fall and die. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're just progressing. You get new mechs. You, you learn about your characters. You get time travel elements. It's a really interesting game that I'd say is probably my game of the year, actually. I've probably put more time into that than I've put into any other. Oh, I've played a lot of... Like, that's the thing. As much as you can play it in tiny chunks, you can also just marathon play this. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely a day I lost to Into the Breach. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help, too, that I, I'm really into games that uh, have, like, in, essentially infinite replay value. Uh, that's why I love roguelikes so much, and I've played, I don't know, thousands of thousands of hours of Binding of Isaac. Um, but it, this is one of those games where every game is, or every time you play, it's different, right? You don't need to just get the story. All the story is great. The gameplay and the puzzle solving is, like, big elements in it, too. Obviously, God of War, stuff like that, great games. Uh, but I, I, I found myself coming back to Into the Breach more often than I would with something that I know the story to. That's about it, though. <laughs> yeah. Any other game, any other titles well, drifting around our heads? I got two that I'm okay. going to briefly time. One is my actual game of the year. One is just a game I want to talk about briefly, uh, which is Banner Saga. Banner Saga ended in 2018. The last chapter came out. I fucking bawled like a bitch finishing it. Uh, If you've never played Banner Saga, it is an RPG where you are a bunch of Vikings marching towards doom. Sometimes people die in your camp. Sometimes, you know, your morale is so low or you don't have enough food. So you're trying to resource manage morale, food, your camp supplies. Uh, But you're also trying to fight an inevitable demon god who... He just wants the Norse world dead. Um, And I loved that whole trilogy. So when I got to that last game, that last game hurt. (laughs) That was number four for me. So it's really good. That's a good one. I I love those games. Like, Stoke did a fantastic job. And I really can't wait to see what they come up with next. Especially given they did such a great job of taking all the best parts of conversational RPGs. And then making this really sad Viking story. Um, I really loved it, but my actual game of the year is a game I haven't finished yet. Uh, I've probably put 40 hours into it, and we're all going to be a little surprised here because it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. The last Assassin's Creed I played was Unity, where, you know, you play as a guy who basically thinks with his dick the whole game, and that was really painful, and I was like, I can't, I can't go back to the series. I had a friend basically say to me, look. Odyssey. And I said, why? And he goes, well, there's no reason for the word Assassin and Creed to be in that title. He was 100% right. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a wonderful Greek adventure time. Like, your choice between Alexios or Cassandra doesn't entirely matter. Um, I will maintain that Alexios is a whiny little bitch, and playing as him makes you a whiny little bitch. There, I said it. Cassie, on the other hand, is fucking delightful. She's funny. She's clever. Um, like, it's been a long time since there was a female protagonist that I just gelled with. Um, I can make her as hella gay as I want, so I've had sex with every woman that I possibly have can so far in the game. Um, so, yay Byrat! We're in the game. I, I think my friend summarized it best as, when you play Cassandra in, uh, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you get to be Wonder Woman. You are on Wonder Themyscira. Woman. Yeah, you are Wonder Woman on Themyscira. You are Wonder Woman. And Cassie, she's just... She carries herself like 
you would expect Wonder Woman to do. Oh, yeah. I think when they were creating her, they were really looking at Diana and going, how can we translate all the best characteristics of Diana into this character? Um, you actually get really sexy Amazon armor, by the way, that looks like the traditional Wonder Woman armor, which I love. Um, but a lot of even the uh, side quests and whatnot are really fantastically thought out. Um, the skill system is well thought out. Everything about this game is, it's big, but it never feels overwhelming the way Red Dead does. Like, you have a huge map of Greece, and you can go everywhere, but it doesn't take you an hour to do that, you know? And Assassin's Creed Odyssey reminds you that, hey, yeah, you can do some of those little mundane tasks, but they are not the core of the game. Because, again, the core of the game is you want to go around stabbing dudes and going stabby stabby. And the other thing that I love about it is you don't have to play it like an Assassin's Creed. The game has been set up so that if you like to play as a sniper, you can be a sniper. If you want to just be a straight up brawler, you can do that. If you want to do the traditional Assassin's Creed gameplay, you can do that too. The other thing that I absolutely love about this game is just you feel compelled to do things in a way that Assassin's Creed always failed at. Like they give you really, really good carrots that you want to actually go and stake out. And I can't remember the last time Assassin's Creed did that well. It makes me sort of mad that that is part of the title. If it had just been uh, Cassandra's sexy Greek romp, I would have bought it even faster. I think, honestly, looking back at the franchise, the last time it felt that way for me was two. Number two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's usually most people. Um, I mean, I've heard people also praise Syndicate a lot as well. But... Well, there was four, but that was mostly for pirates. Like, I don't even like doing the ship stuff normally in those games. I actually like it a lot in Odyssey, and I think it's because they finally got the ship combat the way that they wanted as well. Um, I love Odyssey. Like, I, I'm so surprised with myself how much fun I have playing this game. Like, right now, they took out the Templar bit for cultists, and it works. I have well, been going you... around murdering all the damn cultists, and I have 12 left, and I can't wait to just nail all their heads yeah. on a pipe. Well, that, what was nice, from what I saw of Assassin's Creed Odyssey that was nice was the fact that, like, because they were going that far back with it, they didn't have to do all this, oh, well, this ancient historical figure was a, tum- a Templar, or this ancient historical figure was a member of the Assassins. It's like, no, they don't have to screw around with that. They just had pretty much flat out state, hey, this is your ancient descendant getting caught in Greco politics, you know, Greco Persian politics. Go deal with it. And it's some, in, in, it does tie into the real world yet again, because, you know, it's Assassin's Creed. Oh, but it's done so briefly. Like, that's, but it's, that's so, it it's nice. done so gracefully, and it doesn't feel so forced. Well, what I like is something that you did bring up. I didn't like the way the Assassin's Creed liked to remind you about how history works and blah, blah, blah. What I like in Odyssey is that like when you're learning about historical places or artifacts or buildings... Cassandra, or Cassandra does it in a very nonchalant way. Like A lot of her comments are very... They're, she's quick to tell you what it is, and then she'll say, but you know, she'll have like a funny quip that goes with it. Like, there's a set of quests that you do for Socrates and the guy whose name I can't say that Scott just said. Alcibiades. Yes. And um, 
there he was a, a mercenary for the like, Spartans. You want to punch Socrates most of the time. It's delightful. And you Well, actually, there's a reason why they put him to death, and it was for bothering everyone. Like, and that, that comes up, and it's done in a really funny way. Um, the voice actress for Cassandra, like, I gotta give her some credit. She really showed that she had a lot of fun with the character. Um, in a way that I don't feel for the guy who plays Alexios. Like, Alexios well, again, really does to... sound like a whiny little bitch. <laughs> well, again, she got to be Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's what they told her in the booth. It was, you just have to sound semi-Greek and be an awesome, tough girl. And I'm really happy to see that level of strong female protagonist coming back. Because Cassandra has wonderful flaws, and she feels like a real person compared to other games out there. Like, the last time I felt like that for a female character was actually a different game I played that came out in 2017 called Tales of Best, uh, Tales of Berseria, uh, which was the female character Velvet. She's another character where she's incredibly strong-willed, she's very powerful, but you have empathy for her. And that's what I like about Cassandra as well. Like, when bad things happen, she feels things. She may be a mercenary, but she still has a human side to her. It's what I don't like about Alexios, because when you're playing as Alexios, um, you don't get that same level of sincerity or empathy. It's not there because he's just too goddamn full of himself. So I don't know how you have the same character and just two very different interpretations of things sometimes. It's interesting, but like... Well, I mean, there, there's, you know, plenty of other examples of this. You've got the various bosses from Saints Row. True. Including Boss Ryan North. Boss not Ryan, Ryan North. Zombie boss. Yeah. Um, I just, I like games like that. Like, I'm really proud of... Nolan their... North. Ryan North is the dinosaur comics yes. guy. We like him, too. We also like Ryan North. Um, I'm really happy to see that this is the way in which they're reinventing the franchise. Because I think that if they had kept it going the same way and, you know, got to Unity, I think it would have died. And it would have died in a way where people wouldn't see that there is some good in the series. Like, there's some great ideas that were just not being used very well. So it's good that this new team who's working on Odyssey and Origins kind of said, you know what? Let's take some of those bits, but let's also make it into this nice, fun, open-world game where there's a little bit more option for what you can do with the character. So I really like Odyssey, and I want more people to play it. Uh, Jeff, any any stragglers for the year? The only thing I'll add in is I talked about it on the previous episode was on... uh, I think what's underrated is uh, Tetris Effect. <laughs> well, Tetris Effect sounds cool. It's for VR. VR the blocks. <laughs> you don't. You don't need the VR, but you can get it if you want. It's Can just it all it is. All it is is Tetris made by the guy who did Res. So it's Tetris with an amazing soundtrack. Let's just call it what it is. Nice. And, and like I just put my heads on and play marathon mode. And it keeps switching soundtracks and the visuals keep changing. <laughs> And it's just a lot of fun. If you're an old Tetris guy, like I, back in the day of the Game Boy, I'd play Tetris forever. You'll love this game. It's cheap. It's simple. You can download it off any store. Like I said, if you liked Res and you like puzzle games, there you go. All right, Dan. The only, the only real straggler I have is just because it's a game that I always had fun with, and it came out this year was. Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered. And they, 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 they released Red Faction Guerrilla, they remastered it, and it is so nice 
to play that on a system that can keep up with the physics engine and keep things fluid and I can just drive a car that I have loaded up with debt charges right into a Terran Enforcer base and jump out, watch, flip the switch, and enjoy the fireworks. All right, now here's the hard one. One game from 2019 you're excited for. Oh, um, I'll do one and a half on those because I am really hyped for Ace Combat um, 7 because that game is looks so pretty. And I, I really have been waiting for an Ace Combat sim or game on this generation. And they're going back to Strange Real, and it looks like it's going to be fucking great. All right, Tom, next year, what do you want? Next year, uh, I know this is going to hurt me, and I'm going to hate myself for saying it, but uh, Anthem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, it's Destiny 2 done right. Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> Either way, if you this see is EA. This is EA. If, if, if you see me playing it online, uh, if if you join my fire team, all I'm going to do is quote Baldur's Gate characters. <laughs> That's in uh, Shadows Die Twice, though, too, that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but other than that, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty good stuff coming. All right, Jeff, yeah. next year? Uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Just because I've always liked the NetherRealm Studios, and I love the little tr- the tease they give us, like, they're going to give us Mortal Kombat 11 at the Game Awards, and there's the trailer, alright, when do we get it? Hey. April? Yeah, we that, get in April? <laughs> that's tight, that's tight. I was thinking, okay, it'll come out in November, maybe December, April? <laughs> well, hey, I gotta wait a, one more week for Ace Combat, and I just, uh, I just remember, like, watching all those trailers from 2017 going, so, so, it's fall 2017, right? Fall 2018? Winter 2018? And then they finally announced it. I'm a big Ace uh, Combat guy, but that's one of those games. I want to see a review first. I'm nervous. (laughs) I don't... Same with with Destiny 2.0. I mean, uh, Anthem. Um, I got fooled by Destiny. I want to see a review before I buy that game. The one I am definitely also pulling a wait and see on, because I'm still leery if it's actually going to come out at the end of the month. Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, I knew yeah. I was gonna say it. Yeah, <laughs> it, that that's totally gonna that that. I don't think I think it is too late for them to pull a delay. I will now. tell you right now with the intel that I have, it is coming out on its release date. Oh, someone's already got a review copy. Okay, the review copies are in the wind. Mm. So it is it is actually happening. It, it's finally real. No more bullshit. Kingdom Hearts okay. three. I won $100 for my friend because it, he thought it was definitely going to come out in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is more than enough to buy you the Steelbook edition of Kingdom I mean, Hearts 3. We, we were at TGS. They were really still pushing for that January date. So, And it looked pretty much done even then. Well, the other thing that makes me think it's going to happen, but again, I'm still kind of, you know, I've been burned for the last 13 years. Something. Um, is the fact that Right when I got a PS4 again, uh, they came out with for forty dollars the Kingdom Hearts the story so far, and that is literally like the HD remaster of everything. Yeah. That's one point five, two point five, two point eight, Dream Drop Distance, the freaking Chain of Memories, the Kart Racer, the card, the the trading card Super game, Super Samoan Turbo Edition. I would accept a Kingdom Hearts Kart Racer. I wouldn't. Like, but it could be a sequel to, to the Chocobo game, right? 
No, see, that's my what friend... I actually want, is I want Chuckabo racing back. <laughs> my friend summed it up best is with this one meme that popped up. is like, you know, new person. So, I'm interested in Kingdom Hearts 3. So, tell me, is the story complex to get into? Well, you see, Kingdom Hearts 3 will be the 12th game in the series. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I mean, I think my wonderful friend at Game Informer was talking about how she had to get an intern to write a pseudo-recap, and the intern wanted to cry a little bit. Well, I, I, I seem to recall a text file going around where it was literally, it was bullet points. It was a picture of the character does a thing, possibly with picture, either with or to picture of another character. And it's just bullet points of this, trying to outline the entire chain of events that leads you up to the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, the international edition. It's 18 pages before you see Mickey. <laughs> so, I, Scott, I'm not going to take your choice because I know what your choice is. Oh. Um, so I actually, I am, I've already talked about Judgment, so I'm not going to bring it up again, but that is my actual most anticipated game of next year because Yakuza team does no wrong in my eyes, even with that garbage <laughs> Dead Souls game they made. Or Binary Domain. No, Binary Domain was a treasure. You didn't fucking play it. It was wonderful. <laughs> you leave Binary Domain alone. The <laughs> other game I am... I am hesitantly excited about is Streets of Rage 4. <laughs> so, one thing most of the listeners probably don't know about me, but Scott knows very well about me, is my love of beat-em-ups. And Streets of Rage 2 is actually one of my all-time favorite games. Um, outside of also Uniracers, which they will never bring back, and it depresses the fuck out of me every day that I think about it. Um, but the idea that they're bringing us a Streets of Rage 4 that is legitimately a part of the series. You know, it's not like that awful, what was it, uh, Double Dragon neon garbage thing <laughs> that I was really upset about. Um, it's not Contra Hardcore. It's not Contra, contra Hardcore. Uh, but when I saw the announcement for Streets of Rage 4, I think I did a little dance in my chair and Scott was just like, oh, hell to the fucking no, I'm gonna have to deal with this. And it's like, yes you are, dear! All the Streets of Rage! You're gonna play it with me! And he was like, no. I'll make my best friend do it, it'll be fine. Yeah. So, yay more Blaze! <laughs> Alright. So Scott, tell us about the thing that I know the answer to. So there's a couple things I want. Uh, first off is In the Valley of the Gods, which is... That was not the answer I was expecting. Which is Capo Santo's new game. So the guys who that made Firewatch, which is about being a sad park ranger, are, <laughs> I presume, going to make a game about being a sad archaeologist. I'm seeing a theme. <laughs> yeah. Scott likes games people who are sad, by the way. I do, I, I <laughs> like... for Pet the Pup. That is his favorite game because... Okay, game I like games dogs. about robots and being sad. Sometimes they have dogs in them. It, it, p dogs are also good for games for me. Uh, he likes dogs. I do like dogs. So if you could make a game about being a sad robot dog, like, here's my Kickstarter money. <laughs> uh, another thing I kind of want is... Maybe this respawn entertainment Star Wars thing might be cool. I don't know. Star Wars has been in a sad story state, and the best Star Wars game out there is still Lego Star Wars. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. At sad least. fact, but a fact. Again, in this recent console generation, Lego Star Wars is better than Battlefront and Battlefront 2, apparently. At I least I have TIE Fighter. You do have TIE Fighter, sweetie. I mean, I liked Lego The Force Awakening. I actually finished that. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's that other game you're very excited about that you've been excited for so long about and it probably is coming finally? I don't think it's coming out this year. You don't think Cyberpunk is coming I'm, out I don't this year? Think, I, don't think Cy- I don't think that Cyberpunk 2077 could come up come out in any year but 2020. Uh, or 2077. Or 2077. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Let's hope that it legitimately comes out. I'm kind of getting sick of waiting. I want my Ooh. cool, like, cybernetic arms and shit, and I want to owe money to the cyber mafia. I just, I, I watched that, that playthrough, that 45-minute thing they did, Yeah. and I'm just thinking, it's like, that looks nice. It's not going to look anywhere near that pretty at large. No, no, you don't know the Witcher mans. They will. I purposely stayed for any sort of, from any sort of, like, trailers from it, because I know it's coming. I don't want to overhype it because it may be I may be fifty when it comes. Out. Yeah, yeah, it could. They could. They could wait until twenty seventy seven, and I just hope they honor my pre order, which I will get the biggest possible box of. How many copies of Bastion do you own, dear? I own like four. Worth it. It's true. Yeah, how many copies of Bastion have I paid for? None. That's true. You, you, you All of my copies of Bastion have been free. I'm actually excited for their new game too. I just thought of that. Hades looks neat. Yeah, oh, Hades. It is really I'm, good. I'll tell you. I, I need to get my ass in on that uh, oh. early access because uh, actually, what you just said, Scott, reminded me of something hilarious. Is when I was um, it was like back in September, October. I uh, I was buying. I'm trying to remember what it come out that I had bought. It was like a third party title. But, like, any online purchase I made at Best Buy, they automatically put in a copy of Destiny 2 <laughs> for free. And it's like, you guys are really desperate to get this you off You got too many discs, you? man. Like, hell, I actually bought Destiny 2 for a friend, and I got another copy of Destiny 2. <laughs> Destiny, so our next summer's giveaway is just all of Dan's copies of Destiny 2. It's not a bad plan. And you get a Destiny 2. And you get a Destiny 2. Come on. Let's go. Let's get a Destiny 2. Come on. (laughs) Where is it? Let's go. Destiny 2 Landfill? Is that going to be the next story? (laughs) Oh. It's going to be on an episode of Nailed It, and I'm going to be thrilled. (laughs) Sorry, in another life, I want to be Nicole Byer's friend. It's really sad. I'm sure if you called her up, she'd she'd just be down for it. Okay. (laughs) So we talked about Vigi games. Yeah. That was fantastic. All right. So obviously, stay. Keep your eye on the feed. Hit the likes on the subs on the subscription service so where you can hit of likes. Get the zero for the humble bundle thingy because it's totally worth it. And if you don't, I will cry. <laughs> okay. And obviously, what you should really do is steal your friends' phones and then subscribe them to our show. Also yes. a good plan. Just 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 steal their phones, load up the podcast app, hit subscribe for them too. They I've done they, it. It works. It totally works. It's magic, even. Okay, it's theft, but you know, it's fine. Well, no, you give bat you give the phone back. It's a kind of theft. Maybe they'll want the podcast on it. Maybe they do. I don't know. You you borrow borrow their phone. Borrow. And then oh, you yeah. improve it by, you know, adding a perfectly good podcast to it. Fair enough. Like, there's no downside for anyone involved. I don't know, they gotta listen to me. Good night, everybody. Good night. I thought they smelled bad on the outside.
Thank you very much for listening. This show is brought to you under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License Version 3.0. You can find more of our episodes at sbopodcast.com and be sure to like us, rate us, review us, share us on whatever means you like best because that does help us a great deal. Have a good day.